Well, let's get started with episode 39 of the Current Gen Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I am coming to the end of a nice long weekend. It was awesome to have Wednesday through Sunday completely off of work. I love that. Um, I don't know if you guys had to work at all, but I've really enjoyed having the time off. No, I've been Um, off Wednesday and Sunday. Or Wednesday through Sunday. Yeah. The best day of the year to me since I worked retail for nine years is Black Friday. It's the best day because I don't have to work. (laughs) So it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it is wonderful. I feel I feel for you folks who are in retail, but uh, you know that comes with the territory. You knew what you were getting into. <laughs> How dare right? you? So <laughs> don't punish them. Yep. That's such a white privilege <laughs> thing to say. How dare you? You knew you knew what you were signing up for. Okay. Yeah, you okay. knew that so people were gonna. I don't feel sorry for you. You knew people were gonna walk in the store and be completely belligerent and rude to you for absolutely no reason. <laughs> yep, that's right. I don't want to hear about it. That's right. You know, I don't know if you guys did, but I was curious uh, if you got any deals. The only, I got a couple things off the Nintendo eShop. They have a really awesome sale going on for just tons and tons of games. Um, I bought a couple. Like I, I was telling Dan before we started recording that our kids are really getting into Harry Potter. Mm. And so, you know, the Harry Potter Lego game was on sale the whole, you know, the whole seven years or whatever it is. So got a copy of that so the kids could play through it. Um, I bought Super Mega Baseball 3 mainly because I played the demo and thought it was a lot of fun. I don't, Super and I'm not a big baseball. MLB fan, so I don't really care if the teams are real. It doesn't bother me at all. But the gameplay is really fun. It's a combination of cartoon and simulation. It's pretty fun. Mm. I like it. Um, bought a couple other little games here and there that I haven't tried yet, but those sales are just so fun, and it's really hard, especially when you see it's like two ninety nine for a game that's normally $20. you are like, yeah, well, I have to. I think I have, <laughs> I think I have to buy this. <laughs> yeah, so, pretty much. Um, but did you, you guys really get anything have, else? On- like turned into me. I don't even do that <laughs> stuff anymore. <laughs> I have. You've rubbed off me in the worst way possible. I hate it. I love but, rubbing um, off on people. Mm, I know that's you what do. She said. Oh, not some non-video game stuff that I got. Since we're getting our room redone, where I bought a not super expensive, like a uh, like a two hundred dollar TV and wall mount, so we can have TV in our room with like a little Amazon Fire Stick thing. So bought a couple of those things that are on sale. Everything's really cheap right now in that realm. Yeah. Um, did you guys get anything uh, sales-wise this week? I just bought uh, – Dell had like $10 off um, Xbox gift cards, and then you get rewards for buying it too, so you get like $5 back. So I uh, bought a $100 gift card, and then I used that when I saw Microsoft was selling their Sonic Xbox series x controller for it was regularly 65 it was 45 so this is literally launched what two weeks ago and it dropped 20 dollars. Yep. so i saw a ton of people buying it and i was like no I'm, i've already got two controllers i'm not i really want the controller but i don't want to pay 65 for it but once i saw it was 45 plus the way i do the math in my head is that 10 dollars savings i paid 35 for it so I bought that, and then I used the rest of that money to pre-order um, Immortals. Nice. Phoenix yep. Rising or whatever. Yes. So you actually have it on Xbox. I know you are probably going to play it on PC, and I'm going to start it on PC, see if I like the way it looks. But I do find 
console gaming still to be more comfortable most Preference. of the time now. Yeah. I did buy myself a wired controller that was on sale. It was only like, I want to say it was like 20 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am enjoying playing games on the PC more than I thought I would. That being said, since you got on the Xbox, I'll definitely try it there. Multiple kids in the family are interested in that game. And it's funny, we yeah. watched a comparison video. Someone put up a comparison of the Switch, PS5, side-by-side. Did you guys see this of Immortals? Did no. you watch any of that? No. And um, listen, I'm sure that when you've got the right setup on the right TV, it is so hilariously not even close. That's my assumption. But on this video that I was watching on my nice monitor here in high resolution, it the differences were pretty minor. Like the, You could see it in the lighting, and you could see it in some of the textures. Otherwise both looked great it's so our design we talked about it yep. with like zelda breath of the wild that game you're playing it on a what 720p console and it looks yep. when you're playing it it looks and feels just as good as any other game you're playing yep. um, well, you can I, see I bring that up mainly i bring that up mainly because if anyone out there is like well this game to me feels like a Switch game, but I don't want to get a garbage version. I don't think you're going to get a garbage version of Immortals on the Switch. It's not going to look as good. It won't be like a showpiece like it would be on a PC or a you know new console, but I think it's going to look and play just fine. I'm hoping that, and I don't know this, I'm just hoping the consoles, since I don't think it's going to be as graphically taxing as, say, a Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'm hoping mm-hmm. this will be a 60 frames per second game that runs NATO 4K. That'd be so great. Yeah. I think it's going to look good. At so I'm least try, I'm high get that settings or something like that. So yep. anyway, I'm going to have it on both PC through Ubisoft Plus And then, uh, and that's what I've been doing with Assassin's Creed. Not to distract us, but that's what I've been doing. I've been going from PC. And then when I want comfort, I'm really happy I bought it on PS5 now. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what? I just want to lay on my couch. I don't want to sit over here. But I like doing yep. both, so I find both. And you can pick good. up right where you left off, which yep. is I don't have amazing. to start over. I just pick up, and I like it. And I, by the way, I like the patch. They added they added what I wanted them to add on PS5 and Xbox Series X. So for anybody that doesn't know this, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was running at 60 frames per second, but honestly, it was not hitting even close to the native 4K 99% of the time. It was running at 1400p, it had screen tearing, it just was not made for 60 frames per second. It wasn't optimized for 60 frames per second for these consoles, but I feel like that was their selling point, so they wanted to be like, you're going to get to play it on these new consoles at 60 frames per second. Point is, is they've added now a quality and performance, and the performance is still trying to hit 60 frames per second. I think they're, they've cleaned it up a little bit better. I haven't tried it. And then they have quality, which is 30 frames per second. But it, and I can tell you it does work. It's staying, I don't think it's native 4K. I still think it's dynamic 4K, but it's staying there. Like I don't mm. see the shifting, like when a bunch of enemies are coming in, I don't see the frames drop. I don't see the graphics drop. And yes, I know people make fun of me. Yes, I can see it. They're like, I, can you, all I do is watch can you graphics. see the K's and the P's? Very, very shallow. I don't care about it. <laughs> Listen, else. if you don't have a TV that shows it to you, then I can see the mocking and the. You can't see it. Of course you can't because your TV doesn't actually have yeah. the ability to display that. But if you've got a monitor or a TV that displays it, then of course you can tell the I difference. Mean, like once you have an, a TV that can display 4K and you throw a 720 yeah. or 1080 
of anything on there, you can see that it's yeah. different. You can totally see. I mean, I, I saw it immediately Absolutely. when I started playing Spider-Man and Assassin's Creed. Like the 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 frames, you know, the higher frames, just the way that it moves and and like the smoothness of the animations. I was like, well, it was actually kind of disorienting at first, to be honest, um, just because I wasn't see, used to it. The thing that impressed yeah. me about Spider-Man is you could really see the smoothness of the sixty frames, even more than I could feel it in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it looks, and I could be wrong because I haven't done my research on it, so I don't want to hear anybody whining. But it looks native 4K. Hmm. It looks native. It looks so crisp. It has that native 4K, like, crunch I think it's the art, it. uh, art direction as well. It's just, it's more it of a be, comic booky type of but game. So. I would be surprised if that game drops below native 4K. It could, but uh, it hmm. looks really good. Whereas Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I can tell. Like, and I think it is because it is a more realistic game. Um, yeah. You can tell. Yeah. But anyways, I, I sidetracked us like I always do. Well, that's good. That's that's good. Uh, Dan, what about you? Did you spend any money this week or were you good and held on to your no, wallet? No, because I, I basically – so I had to buy the, the bundle with the PlayStation 5. So I got Spider-Man um, – I was going to get that All-Stars All Destruction Derby, but that's not coming out, right? So I got um, – Well, you'll get that for free in exactly, February or so something. So then I ended up getting Demon yep. Souls instead and Assassin's Creed. So right now I'm pretty much full games-wise. Um, yeah. I did uh, I did get some uh, extra killers on uh, Day by Daylight. Which I've been playing, and it's oh, actually okay. in my regular rotation now. That game, uh, my wife actually loves watching me play that. <laughs> it's like her new obsession now. She's like, I love watching you play that game. Like, I wish I could play it, but she's just like, she cannot get a handle on first-person type games. Um, and when yeah. you play the killer, it plays in first-person. Um, you know, I'm training my kids. They don't know it. But I'm training them to be good at first-person games because they're all playing Minecraft go. all the there time. And they're great at flying around that creative yep. mode. Listen, between you and the Easy Allies podcast, Dead by Daylight sounds like it's having a similar resurgence yeah. to Among Us, but I could be wrong. It just seems like there's an active community playing So it's been thing. out for four years. And I mean, honestly, I, I knew I know that I had heard of it, and I the only reason I have it is because it, it was at some point a PlayStation Plus game. I just don't remember when. Um, but the second yeah. I saw they, they had a group stream and I saw them playing, and I was like, this looks super fun. Like... Like, if yeah. you get an actual yeah. group of friends together, like... And I've been obviously just playing against randoms, uh, me playing the killer. I usually play the killer because I think it's more fun than playing a survivor. Um, but yeah, like, if you got, like, a solid group of friends together and you're all just kind of, like, doing it the right way where, the you know, the survivors are actually chatting with each other and kind of working together and the killer's just going around doing his thing, um, it's it's super mm -hmm. fun. Uh, uh, super, super yep. fun. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've just been spending most of my time. I, obviously, I told you I splurged a little bit on <clears throat> the eShop. There's like 1,500 or something games on that's sale. It. And that's, yeah, that's all. That's it. And if you, f if you filter it, uh, there's some ways you can filter it to get rid of some of the garbage. But we've talked about this already. The eShop the e has become what the kind of WiiWare stuff yeah. became, which was unfortunate because you've got some really quality stuff in there. And then it gets kind well, of hidden and tucked away by... It's funny how so Nintendo, garbage. their whole thing back in the day was, you know, the seal, the Nintendo seal and all the games. like Yeah, that gold yeah. star of like quality. They, they really were, like, super stingy about what they let onto their console. Like, they... they yeah, not not know, anymore, quality man. Quality control was through the roof. So... Yep, not anymore. They used to have standards, yes. but they don't <laughs> they anymore. They just want money. Um but the good news there is that there are a good number. I mean, just there's so many quality all the way up to excellent games you can find mm -hmm. on there. 
It's just a matter of digging through all the crap to get to it. But there are some really good You know ones. what's driving me crazy, Tim, um, is I, I really want Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. I want that game yeah. so bad, but I don't want to spend more than $40, like $30, $40 on it. And it, rare, it rarely goes on sale. I haven't seen it for cheaper than like $45, yeah. 50 And it rarely goes on sale. Maybe? And it's like the thing is, like, it's, yeah. it is a Wii U game. Like, that's, that's the thing that's mm-hmm. killing it for me. If it was a Switch game, I'd be like, well, I get it. It's not going to go below $40, $45. But your Wii U game... You came out, like, what, three years ago? Hmm. You, you know? Yeah. I wish they all did what Wonderful 101 did, and that was, like, hey, we're touching it up, maybe adding a couple of things, but this is a $40 right. game at but the most. This, you know, Donkey so. Kong is Nintendo proper, so. It's Nintendo. You know, yep. So. That's what they do. I actually That's bought um, on the Switch. I owned it before and traded it in, but I saw it was, like, $27. I bought the, the side-scrolling Mario game. Oh, the yeah. Super Mario bros you to love so good so good and for those who don't know well i guess it'll be too late anyways fire emblem three houses is 27 dollars too which i think is ridiculous that's probably through the third right i'm guessing because they have a little timer on there now if you look at them um i'm talking at gamestop so i don't know if it's digital too okay okay well, I guess we'll see. I thought nice. Donkey Kong was on sale there, too. I'll look real quick. I mean, unless it's on sale now, but... I mean, to me, like, I, I don't want to spend more than 30 on that game. Just for some reason, to me... Well, see, I didn't have 40. a... It's a 30, 40, but I was being generous with the 40, I guess. <laughs> I, I prefer 30. <laughs> I didn't have a problem spending a full price on it, only because, to me, it's as if the Wii U never existed. So anything they bring Ouch. over from the Wii U is kind of like a new game anyway. Sure. Yeah. They never played it. It's, never even it's tried it. It's pre-owned as 43. Yeah. And you can do buy two, get one free. So it'd be totally worth it if you got that one and then got like two $27 ones because one of the $27 ones would be free. And then obviously, Ugh. you would only pay. Freitas, you would love Fire Emblem so much. For man. three Nintendo games. That's really good. But I mean, I'm going to want to get Immortals. And, and the thing is, I'm going to be playing Cyberpunk. So it's like. No, I'm, I'm just saying yeah. for those who were... Yeah, yeah. Were for the backlog. Man. That's how I, <laughs> I to buy away. most of my Switch games. Like, I always sell them when they're like 40 to $45 traded yeah. at GameStop. And then I buy them back when they're buy two, get one. Or last yeah. year it was buy two, get two free. Yeah, yeah. They screwed yeah. up and they definitely didn't redo it this year. And I did it. I took advantage of it. I bought a bunch of Switch oh. games, and then I resold them again for like forty-five dollars trading. They're in a worse financial state right now, so they don't want to give you two free games. <laughs> well, they so might do it usually... in December. It was in December, mm-hmm. so. We'll see. And you can usually get your value whether you trade in or whether you just sell on marketplace or something. You can usually get pretty good value for stuff because that's how I sold. I resold Arms for fifty-five, mm-hmm. even though I had owned it for like a year. But that game also didn't really go on sale. Hardly so ever. did you mail it to the person? Just, like, no, it was like a meet yeah. up in a public place. I don't want to get stabbed. I don't want to get stabbed. I don't want to get stabbed. You live in Colorado. I mean, You're I safe got... in Colorado. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> everyone's hot. super chill here, man. Super. Like, they're chill. so stoned that they don't even. You know, you could have handed him a so potato true. and he wouldn't even have known. He wouldn't even have known. <laughs> like, thanks for the so game, true. man. <laughs> All right, well, that's kind of a touch on what we've been playing as well. Um, although the one I was curious to hear about, not sure if you had much time to play it, Derek. You had wrote it on the list last week, and we skipped over it because we had so much else to talk about. Do you have much on Destiny Beyond Light that you could share? Did you not really get a chance to dig into that too much? That's actually been my main game because I beat um, 
I never talked about it, but I beat Mass Effect 3 again. And then after I beat Mass Effect 3, I beat Miles Morales. And then after I finished Miles Morales and I did both those in the same day, I then have been kind of transitioning to mainly Destiny. I, I still play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but the main one I've been playing is Destiny. Um, I mean, for me, it's a cool expansion, but it's like, I don't want to say it's the same. It's the same setup, like the same like style of how you get your missions, and that's the same feel. It's still got that grindy, like, hey, this mission's a uh, power level 1100, so you can do it without grinding, but you're probably going to die, whereas you can then do strikes or whatever, grind, get up to that power level, and then and then do the mission. So they still have that structure. Um, but as far as, like, villain and what they're doing with the powers, they've introduced, like, the stasis power that I think is pretty fun to, to use. Like, it's pretty cool. Like, I was watching somebody use it in a strike before I had even really touched the campaign, and I was like, what is this guy doing? This is super cool. Because I didn't watch any trailers nothing i already know i like destiny i don't need to watch anything um so i was watching him do all this stuff and i was like wow i hope that's something i unlock in the the, the campaign and sure enough the the very first mission kind of introduces you to the villain introduces you to the, the the new powers that they that they use that you now have to take on um and that's the name of the, the expansion beyond light so they're going beyond using light side uh powers they're now touching dark side stuff um so it's getting all star warsy um but yeah overall if you like destiny uh with just like with anything else it's good but if you're not a fan it's not going to switch you i think the the uh uh, now I'm not remember. I don't think it's Shadow Keep. No, that was the last one. But whatever, the one where, where Cade was the main one to me mm. is still the best thing Destiny's ever put out. Like that one, maybe it was just because I love the character so much, but I still felt like even the the way they told the story, everything was the best. Um, but they still do things the same way. I, I still think they I, they try to make changes, but they I think they still need to try I, to make more changes in i feel like they've pigeonholed themselves in in like this position and and i know i've mentioned this before tim gets all cranky when i say a game should be like another game but uh (laughs) i just think destiny should stop trying to be what it is and just be more like kind of giant open be more like borderlands as far as like the world structure if it was more like borderlands i would love that just plot me in an area and then i go off in like all these different directions but it's not fully open world it's like giant giant maps that i can kind of bounce around between um and then you know what i was actually thinking that today yeah. as i was playing because this new map's pretty cool it's like a snow level okay it's pretty cool and i was thinking the thing um that i really wish destiny would do is instead of creating more planets and making like these they're not like small areas they are they do get pretty open Mm -hmm. but there's no reason to explore them like you usually just select a mission pick what you're doing and then you only go to that area you don't really need to explore you're not going to find like this lost chest Mm -hmm. that's not marked on the map that's going to give you this exotic weapon so i've always wanted them to do 
maybe just maybe Destiny 3. I know they won't do this, but I would, I'm just using an example. Like, if they were to create a new Destiny and they're like, basically, you're going to reboot it. I'd love it if they're like, we're just going to focus this entire story on one planet. And we're going to make this planet very detailed. Like, you can walk in the buildings. Like, we're going to make it almost like a Fallout type game. Mm-hmm. Where it's very detailed. Everything matters. You can explore find new powers that we don't say hey power here or hey weapons here like just go and explore and do it with friends you can still have your public events you can still do strikes you can still do the crucible you can still do all the things that they do that's multiplayer but on the single player slash co-op campaign make it a full-fledged story don't make it where we want the guys just to keep playing this mission over and over no make it where we we just want you to play it once love the hell out of it yeah. because it's a 30 to 40 hour campaign. or like it branches will off in different have, directions you know like have have there be yeah. choice you know will we ever get that no not with destiny yeah. maybe some other game but like you said they've already just dictated and decided what destiny is and while they can make minor changes no they're not yeah make so let me ask you this derek about this uh destiny expansion let's say Someone's played Destiny 2, like me, but mm-hmm. really hasn't dug into any of the other expansions. How does, how do they roll out their expansions? Do you Can you jump in and just play the new stuff right away? Does it say, go download all these other expansions first and get your light level up to a certain point? How do they do how do they So that? when I logged into Beyond Light, it felt like they kind of just reset everything. Every Well, I have a Titan character that was my main character, but they moved him to a 1,050 power i don't i think i was above that or maybe i was a little below it i don't remember i was playing a lot of shadow keep but i don't remember where i left off so anyways the point is is you'll see all three characters are at 1050 and that's what beyond light starts at so if you pick like i did i didn't want to do the titan anymore so i actually just picked a new character um i i went with a warlock i was like i want to use a warlock so i picked the warlock and I was able to start Beyond Light right away. Now they had me do some missions to like unlock some, like I unlocked a, a exotic weapon that I wanted to use that um, I had to level up and grind for. But I don't think I don't know if they forced me. It felt like it was like, hey, I'm supposed to do this, but I may have just misread it. And because the quests in those games get really uh, confusing. But the point is, is Beyond Light, when I actually started that campaign, it starts out at 1,050, and I had already grinded to 1,150. So I was already OP. So yes, you can just start it up and go, you know what, I'm only going to focus on the campaign, and you should be able to only play that and skip everything else. Um, And of course, anybody has Xbox and has Game Pass, it's available now. You can just log in and play just Beyond Light. Um, nice. I don't think I think every expansion is available free except I want to say just Shadowkeep Shadowkeep you would have to buy that being said I enjoyed it it's not worth it unless you can get it for like 10-15 bucks which they do a lot of times put it on sale super cheap but other than that if you're not a diehard fan but you're like hey it's on Game Pass yeah just jump in and play it it's like a 4 or 5 hour campaign I'm only like maybe an hour into the actual campaign i've been doing a bunch of other stuff like i've just been going from public event to public event or doing strikes and all that stuff i like playing with randoms um but yeah as far as story-wise it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool 
I'm nice. wondering uh, how Bungie is actually doing financially, having split off from Activision with all of uh, with all of this. They're they're still doing the Destiny thing, so I'm wondering if it's. I think that was just more like they wanted control mm. on how they do things, and they're still have their own deals without Activision with Xbox now, and I think they even have something with playstation like i think playstation users get certain content that other xbox uh players don't get until later like they have always um but now they have this deal with xbox with it's a game pass game so they do all their um marketing Mm -hmm. xbox does it for them okay so they still have deals so i'm sure they're doing fine financially um I think it was just they wanted freedom and they probably want like everything that destiny gets they get yeah so yeah maybe they have to cut back on uh how much marketing they get like you know their budgeting and stuff like that but they also get the bigger profits now that activision has been cut out and the big thing with activision is they are clearly very set in their way oh yeah all their franchises Absolutely. so i think destiny Bungie was probably like, and again, this is just my opinion, not facts. Um, I got like some error saying you need to restart your computer. No. Um, But anyways, Uh uh, I think Bungie just was at the point where they're like, look, we need to have full control. We have enough money. We can go on our own. We need full control. And that's why they left Microsoft. Microsoft could have had Destiny as a console exclusive. And those idiots were like, "No, you're Halo only," and they're they're dumb for that. Yep. Well, is your is your stuff still recording there with that error there? You good? Yeah, I'm still recording. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So it sounds like it's uh, it's worthwhile, especially if you already have Gamecast Game Pass. Why wouldn't you? And especially if you already like Destiny Two, why not give it a shot? And it's it looks weird. great on Xbox One X. Um, the Series X update will come out in like I think ten days. So I imagine all that's going to do, because it's already native 4K, I believe, on 1X. So I think all they're probably going to do is push it to 60 frames per second on Series X, which that would be cool, because I'm still looking for a reason why I bought a Series X. But don't get me started on that, because apparently... Um, I mean, with Destiny, I think really the the main thing is the load times, because those load times are egregious. Yeah, but you still have to connect to the server. I mean, so I just still it think still it's a great takes time. Yeah, I think it's better now. Um, but again, as I said last week, I don't get all caught up on like I'm not sitting there counting and going, "How fast is Valhalla?" Like Valhalla still takes a while on the PS5. Still takes a while I mean, on PC. I I have them both. I have both copies downloaded on SSDs, and they both still take a while. So I just don't. I mean, care. I for me, the only thing that takes a while for Assassin's Creed is. The initial startup so actually hitting oh, launch well, sure. from ubisoft because right. ubisoft's th- their launcher like their whatever the platform is that is where the poor performance is yeah. once it actually brings up the assassin's creed logo i'm playing the game within 30 seconds at the most you know for it to load up title screen i can skip through the hey just so you know this is a wide variety of folks <laughs> creating this game and we love everyone nope, get you know, out that all those <laughs> yeah so once you get through all that and I hit once i hit continue I think it's oh, yeah. like a 10 second. I, I literally, I literally timed not Assassin's Creed, but De- I was actually playing Demon Souls uh, earlier, and like from 
jumping from archstone to like another archstone was like 10 like literally going from one area archstone to the nexus to another area is like 15 seconds altogether like not even like it's insane it's completely insane yeah like it's so fast well they made a lot of improvements not just with the ssd but also like not forcing you to go back to places in that game that yeah originally you had to so they just made the the, that entire title better and then when you add on fast traveling actually means something now so yeah (laughs) i'm curious to see how like cyberpunk will work and things like that yeah we'll see soon well we are we are on the cusp of december 2020 this uh insane year is finally coming to a close i know it's been for some folks it's been the year's been fine not that different but for most folks Mm. it's been a crazy year of working from home and dodging the pandemic and election year uh maybe somebody dodging family and friends (laughs) maybe dodging family and friends about politics trying to flag our podcast for anti yeah what are you doing man just for hate voting fraud voting (laughs) bunch of dead people voting all right oh my god 2020 (laughs) <laughs> Giuliani said so. It's all fake. <laughs> In case people don't know, like I'm smiling, so stop. Because you love Trump crying. so much. When you think all of you, Trump, you libtard, stop crying. I mean, he's smiling, yeah. but he also just showed us his chest tattoo of Donald yeah. Trump's face and so his mass. Take that and for his what massive it's worth. erection when he said Trump. Just huge. Yeah, so take that all so for what it's worth. I just showed you a tattoo of an orange. So that's <laughs> it was just an orange, but I just assumed that's Trump's face. Yeah, so it's uh, it's the end of the year, and it's interesting. We actually have this one thing that we were texting about earlier. Um, we, we have a couple of heavy-hitting games coming out in December, which isn't super common. And you already heard me whine about it last week with the Game Awards. Like, why don't they include everybody? You know, like, I understand. Like, that's what Keeley and team want to do. That's their call. It doesn't matter. It's their show. Let them do what Stupid they want to do. Stupid uh, I think it's a bad call, but whatever. Um, it's got to be so, something financial. Somebody brought that up too, like in one of the big groups. Uh-huh. There was something, and they and they made a point, and it had something to do with like financials in that time frame. Like I don't remember yeah. what they said exactly. I wish I did, but I even was like, okay, that's. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. So it made well, sense. It so could have to I do wish. with wanting to get those sales before the holiday season of the yeah. best games of the year. So I. I mean, I kind of get that, I suppose, but because the me, that... show is more about showing off stuff, so they're all about right. selling you on things. So it right. wouldn't be a surprise if it was something and that had something to do with like hyping you up for Christmas gifts or something. I, yeah, I think that's at its core why I I have trouble really liking it. I think it's cool that there is an award show of some kind for video games that is you know somewhat publicly accepted, and this is the main show. I just hate the the core reasoning behind a lot of it is exactly what you're saying. I think it's to show off upcoming stuff but also it's a lot of it's very advertisey and promotional and go watch this esport it's all that's whatever. all everything so, is tim it's just about the money it's one it's big advertisement so um but we've got a couple of heavy hitters coming out this year so dan and i started throwing together a list here in the notes of some other big games that have come out in december over the years and i'm sure we missed some and i'll try to look i didn't get through every single year that's a lot but I'll try to look, uh, you know, some more recent ones as well. We got roughly the last ten years or so. Bounce around. Um, and and what another one is interesting is I and I think this is true. I double checked it on Google and Google never lies to me. Um, <laughs> back in 1971, I think the first December video game release was Oregon Trail. Hmm. 
was in a, was a December release. So a simpler time. I'm sure, some kids got that. Some kids got that for Christmas and were freaking <laughs> out. Did you see these graphics? <laughs> um, My family's so, dead. I'm trying to travel to Oregon. <laughs> killed everybody. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, let's start with this year. We've got um, a couple of big time games coming out this year. I actually added one to your list, Dan. You've got okay. Cyberpunk 2077. You've got Immortals: Phoenix Rising. But I also want to put on there Twin yeah. Mirror, which is the latest game from Don't Nod, which looks really interesting. I actually just pre-ordered that um, a, a few days ago, because I, I, I actually completely forgot okay. about it. And then I saw it was like t- not even $30. I was like, really? It's that cheap? Like, all right. Yeah. Um, pretty excited. Yeah. So those are, in my opinion, those are pretty big deals. And we'll go through some other recent ones in recent years. But those are, this year's right up there with some of the biggest December releases that I can that I can think of. Uh, let me just go through the list actually of 2020 and then we'll go back to just highlighting major ones in 2020. So starting on December 1st, we've got empire of sin. Uh, we've got rainbow six siege is coming to the new consoles. That doesn't really count. Uh, worms rumble. I do love the worms games. Uh, Sam and max save the world remastered. She the wanderer. Um, Absolute Drift. I don't know what that is. And I never say these ones right. I know they're popular. Oh, this is just coming out in Japan. Never mind. It's just one of those JRPGs. Um, uh, Haven. Of course, we talked about Immortals already. Wildfire. I'm not sure what Wildfire is, but it's another Humble Games. It's a sequel Uh, to Crossfire, the uh, really popular board game from the 90s. (laughs) Oh, that's totally what it is. (laughs) Crossfire. Um, the Dragon Quest Eleven S Definitive Edition, yes. oh which actually God. does look really yeah. cool. That's coming out. Another um, hundred-hour RPG. Let me just add that to my list. This one's interesting, and I'm really interested in checking it out. Is Commandos Two? I remember playing Commandos on the PC way back in the day, but they're doing a, an HD remaster of Commandos Two on the Switch. <laughs> so, if the controls are good, if they've got some good touchscreen controls or something for, I mean, RTS games are hard to do without a mouse and keyboard. Yes, but. That definitely is. We'll see how that goes. Of course, we've got the Fire Emblem original game coming to the Switch, you know, with all its special memorabilia. But it is still the old school game. Uh, John Wick Hex, which has already been out, I think, on the PS4 and PC, but that's coming to Switch and Xbox this month. Uh, I'm, a bunch that I'm skipping are games that are coming to new co- to the the next generation of consoles, like Madden and FIFA. Like those are releasing in December as well for the new consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a game called Call of the Sea, which looks really interesting. Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 is coming out to all consoles this month. We already mentioned Cyberpunk. Oh, uh, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is coming That's out. That's the VR one, right? Uh, yeah, it's coming out for uh, for PC. I don't know if it's coming to PSVR. But that's a pretty major franchise that has disappeared for years and years, and now it's back in the form of VR, which is interesting. Um, and then nothing else really of note. Coming did out you uh, did, you, did so you mention Haven? There's a few there. I did mention Haven just real briefly. Okay. I wasn't sure what that was. It's actually. a it's like a co op RPG. It, it actually looks pretty interesting. I've okay. I've known of it for a while. I just don't know too much about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Twin Mirror, Immortals, and Cyberpunk are the main ones there that I would call out. Last year, I didn't really see a whole lot for 2019, but that is when the last entry of the Shovel Knight DLC came out. So I liked King of Cards a lot. But um, so to me, it was a nice little added bonus because I had already bought the treasure trove for the Shovel Knight. So that was just a free thing to update my game with and play through. And it was super fun. If you guys, if you guys like old school kind of side scrolling, uh, yeah. somewhat Metroidvania type games, I think Shovel Knight games are a blast. They are. But 
I didn't see anything else of note from 2019 that came out in December. Uh, 2018 did have at least one really heavy hitter and then two smaller games. You've got Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is one of the biggest games. It still continues to be one of the biggest games uh, of this generation. Um, But then you also had Just Cause 4. You had Ashen came out that month. Derek, I forget if you ever finished Ashen, but I really liked Ashen. I played that one all the way. Uh, I went back to it, like, actually, like, less than a month ago, and I hated it. I actually have literally turned into a Dark Souls snob, like, (laughs) like, uh, Sasan. I was like, this is terrible. Like, wow, I like this game. And yet, and yet you'll still play the anime one? You like that one? Uh, if, if you ever played with me and you can ask Jesse, like, I like it, but I get pissed. Like, I'm just, <laughs> this game's so dumb. Like, it's just, yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm becoming... I love anime. I love anime, and even I couldn't do that game. It just, you know. No, the game's really it. good, but the combat yeah. is not as good as all... Playing it fast and loose with the phrase really good there. <laughs> all right. Um, in 2017, we had Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So that was... That wrapped up an absolutely stellar year for the Switch. Yeah. I mean, they had almost one major game per month from when it launched. I remember when it launched, it was like, of course, you had Breath of the Wild. But then things got a little bit quiet. Not that it stopped, but it just got a little bit quiet for those months that followed with a few games here and there. I think they put out Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Edition. But then they started hitting with Mario Plus Rabbids, Mario Odyssey, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. You had some major games. And it was, what a cool way to wrap up the yeah. year. That was a good one. I didn't see anything started else that out of me. For sure. For sure. Yep. 2016 in December, we had Stardew Valley, Super Mario Run, and The Last Guardian finally released. I think that game had been announced like eight years before or something. That was, that was one of the games that was kind of like contending with um versus 13 slash final fantasy 15 like those yes. were the games that it was like always the joke and the meme you know is this ever coming out but yeah and now metroid prime 4 is in that same camp mm. where it's like uh thanks for announcing that with the title screen that was yeah. cool um 2015 we had just cause 3 rainbow six siege and xenoblade chronicles x came out on the wii u mm-hmm. um I actually don't know this for sure. Derek, maybe you know. Was Xenoblade Chronicles X a different game? Was that a brand new game? Or was that a remake? No, it was a, br- a it was a brand new one. Kind of... It was a brand it was a brand new one on the Wii U. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But it's not officially two. No, it had um no, like it had like shooting and that. like um combat, yeah, it was right? Pretty like good. Sword co- yeah. sword combat and whatnot. So it was like it was different. It was like I don't know if it's the same universe or it just has the name or I don't know. It's the huh. same universe. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. All right. And then uh, in 2014, we had a couple of heavy hitters as well. Um, we had The Crew, which I know I know it wasn't critically received all that well, but that's the start of a franchise that's still alive as far as I know. We had Game of Thrones, the, the Telltale game, uh, launched that, that first episode at least, launched that month. And then NES Remix. This is one that I've always wished they would have brought to the Switch, the, the Remix approach, because some of that stuff I heard was really mm-hmm. fun, but I never tried any of it. Um, so that was, uh, that was 2014. 2013 was pretty bare. I mean, there was Gran Turismo 6, which is a huge game for hardcore racing fans and PlayStation fans, but for most of us, I treat that the same way I do Forza. I ad- admire the visuals and the technical aspects of what they're doing. 
but I try playing it, and the only time I enjoy it is if it's more arcadey. That's why I like Forza Horizon. Those are really fun. Yeah. But can't really get into the Super Sim car games myself. They're definitely very difficult. <laughs> yeah, and they're just... Sorry, it's not that fun. Yeah. If you are into driving for yeah. real, I can see why it'd be fun. But I just don't think it's that fun. All right, um, 2012, we had Far Cry 3 came out in December. Was that 2012? I feel like that should be older than that. You can double check me mm. on that one. But I'm pretty sure that was 2012, okay. a December game that came okay. out. Um, and then 2011, we had Mario Kart 7 for the 3DS. And we had Star Wars The Old Republic. That MMO came out for PC that that December as well. Now that one had been in early access, you know, beta access for a long time, but the official launch was in December that year. I actually remember that. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Mm. My cousin and I used to play it together all the time. Nerds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I couldn't see anything in 2010 that caught my eye as I looked through the mm. list. So I apologize if you're listening and you're like, what about my favorite game ever that came out in December, 2010? I'm sorry. Yeah. So sorry. I don't have that. Uh, 2009, I'm looking at that list right now. Um, we had uh, Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. That's mm. one Zelda game that I totally missed. Go. I never or, That one and the Phantom Hourglass, I should say. There's yeah. two. I totally missed those games. Yeah, me too. I never played. Were those good? Did you guys you I play? I know some people are fans yeah, of those? them. I think maybe Spirit Tracks is less popular. I could be wrong, but yeah. I feel like that one's less, a little less popular. But What? Okay. <laughs> um... The Zelda game, Spirit Tracks, and Phantom Hourglass. It's, you it's the Wind Waker games. universe uh, link, right? I believe it's that link. Yeah, uh, that's what it yeah. looks like. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like try. I think I tried them, but I, I don't like game counts, so I don't play them. Uh, that's the year that the video game version of Avatar came out. Yay! Remember when they were still making video game versions of movies? Do y'all do you remember um, Avatar? Do y'all see Avatar? <laughs> did you see Avatar? Oh, I love Parks and Rec. Uh, the Saboteur came out. That was kind of an underrated take on a World War II kind of stealth that action game adventure game. looked you, very cool. Yeah. It had a very cool, unique style to it. Um, I yep. never played it, yep. but I liked the look of it. It was all black and white, and then as you got rid of their propaganda and took down outposts or whatever they were called in that game, and as you started to take over areas of the map, then color would start to return. Mm. It was cool. Um, kind of like that one that movie? silly paint game, except yeah. way less fun like it was really heavy uh the saboteur was a heavier yeah, game yeah. obviously being set at that time uh not seeing much else from 2009 at this point so we'll go back to 2008 let's pick some random older year let's pick like 19 like 98 or something all right i'll look one more time at uh december of 2008 let's see here are those your cats losing their minds <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that is? Oh, that's when... Uh, so Ubisoft doesn't shy away from releasing major games in December. So Ubisoft, they put out um, Far Cry 3 we already talked about. This is when they put out Prince of Persia, kind of the rebooted uh, Prince of Persia yep. that just got one game, a one-game yeah. entry. Um, and, of course, Immortals is coming out this year. Okay. So they have no problem. Yeah. That If you think about it, too, Far Cry 3 was essentially a complete rebuild of what the Far Cry games were going to be. Far Cry 3... Maybe not rebuild, but that's where the, the series really became what it is now. Yeah, because Far, Cry, Far Cry 2. So I actually had Far Cry 2. I never finished it, but I actually really liked it. But like for some reason, I would stop playing it probably because something else distracted me. I go back to it. Um, Far Cry 2 had a cool uh, – it was in Africa, so pretty cool um, environment, different environment. Because the first one was like the jungle. It was like an island jungle. And then 2 went to Africa. 3 went back to kind of more of like the jungle, a lot of green mm -hmm. environments. Um 
and then four was kind of like what the the Himalayas, sort of like yep. mountainous. Um, but yeah, definitely they kind of went more. Yeah, like Far Cry Three was more like kind of like jungle type environments and a lot of greenery. So, yep, yeah, yep, absolutely. I really love that one. That, the villain in that one, or I don't know, I don't remember if he was like actually the main villain, uh, Vaughn. Like he was very cool and, and the whole like the villain getting in your face and like monologuing about a bunch of stuff like that was a big thing with them yeah. again all the other far cries have borrowed from yeah. that really heavily since then because that was so stylistic and so it was so cinematic yeah. you know um they did a really good job with that yeah yeah they really did i liked that a lot um not seeing a whole bunch of other stuff from 2008 so and I've done, I did a couple searches leading up to this too. I couldn't find a whole lot. Like, hey, what are some of the best or biggest games that released in December in history? And one thing I did find as you go back through the years, like we've got exponentially more video games, period, being released. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Every yeah, year, yeah. every month. So the farther back you go, the more it's like, here's the one game released that quarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just kind of how it oh, was. Yeah. You didn't have that many game developers. Um, one thing I'm noticing now, though, as I look through a lot of the December games from the last couple of years, at least, they this is their chance to move to port a game over, you know, or finally here's the P, the PC version of that game has mm-hmm. arrived or whatever. So I saw a lot of that as well, or maybe it's a, you know, a remaster or re-release. Like this is the month where Sony put out games like Final Fantasy VII or Suikoden One and Two on their you know PS Classics lists, things like that. That those kind of this is the month where they would do. That Speaking kind of, of Sia Koden, Sia Koden 2 in Japan, not here, but that came out in December of 1998. So that's pretty cool. That was over here? That's what No, in out? Japan. Oh, that was yeah. in Japan. But okay. I mean, that's, okay. you know, that's one of the, uh, if not the most beloved uh, Sui Koden game. So. It's because it's one of the best games ever made, my friend. Sure. It really isn't. <laughs> it really is. You're talking about Final Fantasy VII, right? You have neither one of you have played it, so hey, I've played, I played it. a little bit. I bought it like ten years ago when we started this dumb podcast. Like, oh, yeah, it's really great. No, that it's was so that good. was the different universe. That was a different podcast. Oh yeah. my gosh, really good. So basically, right, what what we come to the conclusion of is Nintendo likes to release games in December. They have no qualms about yes, that. Yes, they do. And December is yeah. just for some reason not a big month, and I always thought that was weird, um, because like, you can't be like, oh, well, like Christmas. Well, Christmas is at the end of the month. Like, you got six days, and then it's the new year. Like, you still have plenty of time where people can buy, you know, these games and play them, or, or maybe you know, Christmas gifts. Like, there's still time for that. So I've never understood why more games, more prolific games, don't come out in December. I I don't get why. They yeah. shy away from that. Konami seems to like it. I mean, they put out some different Grand Theft Autos over the years that month. They put out, so we could end one as well in December of 95, I'm looking mm. at. So certain certain companies, Ubisoft doesn't shy away from yeah. it. Konami didn't back when they used, remember when they used to make video games? That was cool. Yes. <laughs> um, they can go to hell now. Doom, Doom on the PC originally came out in December, oh. it looks like, unless I'm misreading that. That's a big one. Mega Man X for the Super Nintendo. Oh, that was a December That's game. That's a great game. Wow. So, I mean, it yes. definitely happens for sure. But, I mean, it's kind of like what January, at, uh, at like kind of in the more past 10 years, maybe 15 years, like January kind of became more prolific. Like there's been some pretty mm-hmm. big hitters in January. Um, 
Yeah. But they're, yeah. Or like this, you know, people, when we were younger, we would always be like, why, why don't any good games come out in the summer? You know, we're, we're on vacation. Why aren't there any good games? Like, it's so true. Well, dude, you're not kidding about Nintendo. In 1990, what year is it? Six? Mario Kart 64 was a December there game. There you go. Am I looking at this right? Was that here or it might have Japan? Been, it might have been Japan. Wikipedia usually specifies. This one is not telling me one way or the mm. other. But also Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. I remember my brother and I getting that game for Christmas. And we just played the heck out of that game. We played that game so much. We even brought our N64 with us to my grandma's house a couple states nice. away. For that, we had to go, I'll go visit, you know, for Christmas and New Year's time. And we brought it with us and we kept playing down in her basement on her old, really old CRT. With TV. like the wood paneling on the side. <laughs> oh, totally, man. You had to like pull the button out to turn yeah. it on and pop it in to turn it on. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. But we got it to work because it was just kind of that old cable connection and it worked. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I just always um, thought it was interesting. I, that that's why I was like, hey, let's do like a December thing because I I've just it's just definitely been something that's just not. It's always you know November is is basically always the hot month, and then like as time went on, right. October kind of became a part of that too. Even September, um, but it's always been predominantly yep. November is when anything worthwhile should be coming out. So, you know, the orange box came out in December. Hmm. Okay. That was a pretty. By the way, that still remains one of the collections, best, yeah. Like bundles, yeah, collections ever. Half Life One and Two, and, uh, Team Fortress Two, and Portal. Yep. I mean, holy crap, that's still pretty amazing. Um, yeah, no, that's that's interesting that they they really do shy away from that month, and it's a. To me, it's a good time to get a game released on the new releases list because that's when people are getting a new console. They're getting you know gift cards to shop yeah. on their stores or in the retail stores, wherever. And it's a good time to be featured as a recent release, I yeah. don't think. But um, I'm curious. I am. I imagine that there's a lot riding on that last week of November yeah. and first couple weeks of December that want to roll the dice. Yeah, you know? I'm just curious as as to why you know it's just not more common. So. It must be a financial thing. Like they just think that they're not going to make, maybe people have done most of their shopping in November. So like, Oh, people aren't going to go out in December and buy this game. Like, I, I don't know. So yeah, could yeah. be, could be, but yeah, there you go. I, there are two games for sure that I'm super excited about for this December. So that's, that's always exciting. Maybe cyberpunk uh, will change everything. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. But to be fair, Cyberpunk should have been out how how many months ago? <laughs> yeah, we're only getting it in December because they screwed the pooch sure. technically, but really they didn't. Well, they were forced to do. They were forced to do paid overtime, so you know. So that's a whole thing. Poor we guys. Can, yeah. Poor guys. <laughs> Just too hey, you know, it's interesting. Too many uh, versions of one game. I mean, they even came out and said, yeah. "Hey, we've got the next gen versions." They're, they're fine. It's the the current gen or whatever. I, or I sh could have it reversed, but they were like, we're having issues with the the older. Yeah, I think it was like the Xbox One and the base PS. The previous they gen. Were the... Yeah, they were struggling. What did you guys think about that whole? And you guys who are listening can't see me doing this, but I'll do air quotes controversy around the crunch time for developers. Have we at? CD project have we had this you, conversation like as far as overall what we think about crunch and everything or 
I don't know. Do you? What do you guys think? What was your initial response to that? Was I'll give you mine first instead of putting you on the spot, and then you can tell me yours. My initial thought to that was, yeah. Sometimes at your job, you're on, you're crunched, and you've got to deliver something. Like, yeah, that happens. Mm-hmm. That that was my initial response. Was that's part of a job? Sure. Is there are times when you have to get things done by a certain time, and that might require more of you than it normally would. Um, and then hopefully you've got a manager or director or whatever, whoever you report to your VP or whoever it is, hopefully they are really lenient on the team. Once they hit that deadline, they've all put in the extra time and maybe it's like, Hey, why don't you guys take whatever it is, an extra day or go home early a couple days this next week or whatever that thing, whatever it looks like, you can come in late for the next week. Um, hopefully to help counterbalance that a little bit. Maybe you don't get that. And that's, that's not great. But all that being said, my initial response was, yeah, it's called having a job. And sometimes you have to step up to the plate and give more than you normally would because everyone at the company is trying to hit a certain goal together. So that was my mm-hmm. initial response. Is that cold hearted? Am I mean? You're, no, that's you're how I feel. No. Like to you're me, both monsters. Listen, you can't like, I can't factually say this, but I will say with interacting a lot of people in the big groups, a lot of people that are anti this don't have real jobs. They're like young and they're, they're, they're real. <laughs> I ignorant. mean, I have a real job. <laughs> You're still really ignorant. That's why I threw that at punch you so the hard in the throat. Part. Just so hard. But seriously, <laughs> it's part. It's part of it. I don't even want to hear about mental health. Blah blah blah. You'll recover. Like you'll recover. <laughs> like they. They don't. Well, work I mean, you, you can't just. Life. You can't just blanket. You statement. still get. You still get compensated. It's it, like we're acting like these uh, publishers are forcing this on their employees without any compensation. And without anything to kind of even or balance it out, like they're full. We're also crap. acting like they're working in a coal mine. That's where I go back to the Bill Burr thing too, where it's like, listen, this is this is for a lot of folks that would be a dream job, and they'd be happy to put in the crunch time. Now, th- let me let me say this: if every project comes down to crunch time, if everything you're working on, then I would start to seriously question the leadership capability well, of being able to plan that's and cast. The thing. Like, that's a problem because that is predominantly what happens, though. And, and like yeah, Schreier, it's not the same team doing it. No, but what I'm saying is Schreier, and he's always you know doing these these stories, and it's always all these different developers. They all end up doing crunch, like a bunch. But of them. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, every game may have to do a crunch, but that's not the same employees doing it. That's what should be mattering. It shouldn't be mattering whether games do it. It should be mattering if it's the same bunch of people doing it over and over. They're not. It's a different groups doing it. It's just a season for it. That's why you can say I'm sounding cold hearted or whatever, but it's the truth. You're just working one season. Like Cyberpunk, they've been working probably long hours for a decent amount of time. As they get closer to launch time, they have to push it up. Now their whole goal, and this is where they got into trouble, is they were like, hey, look at us. We're not going to force this on us. Are on our um, employees. So then they do a delay, or two of them, and then they realize yet again they cannot hit it without doing a crunch because they can't forecast the fact that they have to make one game for like eight different systems. That's what they're struggling with. So my point is, is you can't get on to these companies. And here's the other thing that this is a big, big annoyance to me is the public eye has no idea what they're talking about, yet they throw away their opinions as if it's fact. Like, that's my issue with Jason Schreier. 
First of all, he's just doing this to make money off it. He does it for publicity. Well, I mean, it is he his job, it. so. Well, yeah. yeah, but it, no, it's not his job to be dramatic and retarded about stuff. Isn't his it, job though? Is to actually, Isn't it, though? <laughs> his job is to actually report facts, so he should know what he's talking about. So he could go, here's what, uh, this is the difference between you, you and I, Dan. It's his job to say, here's what's happening. And then he can report well, it. That's what he every reporter's job it. is, but not anymore. No. I'm saying not anymore, he though. He slants it. Well, sure. So it's to make the employees look like victims and the employers look like slave owners because he gets an emotional reaction out of ignorant people. This is why I said this is why it's dumb to me because they never done it. They don't know what's going on. It's just like when a company fires a bunch of people. You, the first thing you see is a wave of people going, I hate that publisher. But as soon as that publisher says, uh, we're going to upcharge you a little bit. Why are you charging me so much money? So we can fund all these people you didn't want us to fire. Like nobody wants to pay. They just want to oh. complain. That's sure. all it is. So that's what why I have issues with like Jason Schreier. It's not just because he has the ugliest, dumb fucking face I've ever seen that I want to punch. <laughs> okay. Like he needs to get you sound a little he needs to just get punched over and over. You sound like you have but some other also, things blinding oh, your yeah. opinion. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not saying I'm fair and balanced here. Jason Schreier But you never claim to be. That's the difference. No, Jason Schreier, he does do his research. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he researches to slant it. It's, it's all not to get an emotional reaction. It's not just a Schreier thing. issue, though. That's just across the board. But I'm just using him yeah, as an example. It is. But that's what yeah, you're right. most you're of right. them, like, like there was an article about the PS5 performing better than the Xbox Series X. That's factual, right? They can give you data to show it. But the way the articles are written are slanted to start fanboy wars. So that's what I'm talking about. Anyways, because people are like, let me click on this garbage yeah. to see what they're... Like, that's what it's for. You know, it's interesting that you... And I'm curious to hear, Dan, your take on it, because I feel like you might disagree with us on some points. But oh, I will say will. this. <laughs> I have never seen... Let's just say we get to... An, on a normal year, that's not 2020. We get to April. Or, you know, end of March, into April, and then through May. I don't see anyone out there writing articles about and crying tears for all the CPAs and tax assistants out there. That is crunch mm. time. Those guys work like... 80, 90, 100 hours a week because that's their crunch time. They that's have to they deliver. That's where they all their money, man. That's, 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 that's how they, they have to deliver. And, it's not, and that's just one example. There's so many. Every job has this. Very few jobs uh, are so relaxed and paced in a way that never changes. All professional sports. You think those well, guys work regular hours during the regular season? Well, dude, my, my mom's about to retire from teaching kindergarten. Hmm. She has these crazy crunch times at the start of the year, at the end of the year, and then sometimes during the year during testing that even for a kindergarten teacher that she and sometimes my poor dad gets dragged down there with her have to be at her school setting certain things up, grading these papers, filling out all these forms. And it's crazy. Like her crunch can be insane. And then she'll, thankfully for her, she'll have what, maybe, you know, the summer off or, you know, have some time off after that. But all that to say, there's ebbs and flows to jobs. And so it's hard for me to see them as anything other than employees who are in a line of work that, hey, you're going to have crunch sometimes. Is that cool with you? Like, if you take this job, you're going to have crunch and we need, we need like 150% from you during that time. Can you handle that? And if you can't handle it, thanks for applying. Go apply. That's just how I look at it. And maybe that's, you know, maybe I am a boomer. But whatever. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I mean, speaking to, you said um, 
was it your grandma or your aunt? My mom. mom. Oh, sorry. Uh, your mom. Yeah. Um, teachers aren't paid enough anyway, so, you know, they Agreed. should be paid more, yeah. and especially if they're going to be told to crunch. Um, but, yeah. like, kind of like what Derek was saying, how, you know, oh, well, you know, the consumers don't want to spend more money on the game to compensate for them not firing, you know, X amount of people. Like, yeah, it, it's really, it, it's a problem from all angles, right? Because, so for me, yeah. I, I don't necessarily, I'm not pro-crunch. I, I think that it should be something that should be avoided. But then I'm fine with games being delayed. So it's a matter of patience, right? And and what happens is the stock the stockholders and the publishers they they're like, well, but the consumers are are gonna not be patient. They want the game, so this needs to come out now. Oh, and that's they don't when you start. Us. Right. They're they're trying to hit these dates because think about it this way, Dan. Every time a game gets delayed, it's not just a delay of like it's not a patience test. Or it's not just, well, now we got to wait six months before we get our money. It's They're not only waiting now, let's say, let's use Cyberpunk as an example. They're not only waiting now six months later to even start getting paid on all this work, but they've now added six months of cost. Well, that too. And we're not talking about like $15. We're talking millions upon millions of dollars. So that's why they do these crunches because, yes, they're paying the employees more in that short span. But if they hit that target date, then they've now stuck to their original uh, budget, or should be in that budget, of, because of their time frame. Now they don't have to worry about adding on extra costs for employees for the next six months working on a game that should have already been released. No, I so get that's that. that's what a lot of people don't think through. They're just like, whine, But it's really like these businesses are ran by businessmen and women and that's what they do but they're it, like no we got to get this game out because we don't yeah. want to pay you six more months to create something you should have already had done well, i think that's definitely valid I, I i but i do think i think there is a little i think there's something to the patience argument because like you know how people are are in the internet it's like everything's like now right now i'm thinking about this now and the second that it's not grabbing their attention anymore it's like it's gone they're just like they're on to something else they're thinking about something else they're buying something else now they're not buying your product so they want the games out as soon as they can be technically um but you know also not completely broken because then articles get written about you know the game having all this jank and all this this that and the other um so I mean I, I think it's a I think it's a bunch of things to be honest but I mean I don't of know course, I, I think never just one thing and I know you I know you want to be a wise guy and be like oh mental health whatever but <laughs> everybody is kind of different so some people approach things differently but then also I think there should Correct. I think there should be options as far as like well if I don't know like if you are the kind of person who is gonna do the crunch and and you're fine with that depending on the company they need to compensate those people then they putting they're putting in the extra effort they should be rewarded for that reward those people well they do they do some companies don't get paid some some companies get paid extra you would you would be shut down by the government if you don't get paid extra well so like Like, you have to pay well let me throw so let me throw out this then right now i probably actually shouldn't even say that the company that i'm working for on our team right now we do not have a supervisor we haven't had one for months because you know, with COVID and, and so on and so forth, they've been, uh, they, there was like a freeze on hiring. Um, and essentially, there's me and this other guy who are in the position that we're in that's kind of like an advanced a position within the team, uh, complex mm-hmm. processor. 
Um, and he's kind of been helping my manager do some of the supervisor stuff because our supervisor left. He got promoted. He went on to a different team to be a manager. Um, so he's essentially doing two jobs, but they're not. I mean, as far as I know, they're not compensating him for that right now because it's just not the way that things are structured where I work. Like maybe when but is when he it comes doing two jobs in forty hours, or is he doing yeah. two jobs in eighty hours? No, I mean within within the the shit because we're not salary, so it's within the the forty hours. So he's hours. getting paid, right? But what I'm saying is he's taking on more responsibility, and I mean maybe come race time they they will compensate him. So then this com- this conversation's completely moot. But what I'm saying is just like based off of how I kind of I've been working there long enough and and know how they structure things. I I just have a feeling that that's not going to happen. I could be wrong. But what I'm saying is I just think there are companies out there that just kind of like, well, you know, maybe do a little extra this. Appreciate it. Thank you for all your efforts. And and it's like, well, can I get no, no, just appreciate. Thank you for all your efforts. And it's I don't know. Maybe that's just my cynical side as far as companies. And I just think all companies want to just suck people dry no they'll take advantage of you like look it's 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 just business like people take it too personally but like for me the company i'm at right now like i'm literally doing everybody's job that's why i'll tell you guys sometimes like i can't record late because i have to cover for somebody Mm. i'm constantly covering people the problem is, is I'm not fully trained on everything, so I'm just going in trying to learn and do everything. You're just hitting buttons. You don't even know yeah. what anything <laughs> I'm just doing things on the fly, and if I wasn't ridiculously good looking, I would have been fired okay. by now. Sure. But because... What a sex, I, what someone a pay company, this man. What a sexist company you work for. <laughs> but, but seriously, I do a, I do a lot. Or shallow. And I've already decided in my mind, because I don't trust this company, I don't. I trust Chase more than I trust this company. And I've already decided in my mind that when it comes to my year review, which should be in the next few days, but I know they're not even ready because I talked to my boss and I was like, hey, uh, I'm coming up on a year. What's what's your thoughts on, I haven't had one review and I get everything's hectic because it is, it's hectic for everybody, not just me, but I need to know. But I've already made the decision. If I don't get compensated because I know what I've done, then I'm going to start looking to go elsewhere. Mm. And I'm not that, that's not my personality. My personality is I get hired on and I stick with, I'm very loyal to that company and I'll stick with them. And as long as they treat me fairly, and I've been treated unfairly before, like for instance, at Chase, I was rated very high by my manager every single year, except the one year that I left him. I went to another position, but he still had authority because I was only in the new position for two months. He oh, had authority okay. on yeah, my yeah. raise, yep. and he lowballed me. He gave me his lowest uh, lowest rating he could give me and the lowest raise that he could give me. And my boss, my new boss, was pissed at him. Yeah. She was like, and your old boss's name was Jason Schreier. <laughs> And that's why I want to punch that That's guy. why you... It all that's came why you feel circle. the way you feel. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that you, if you're taking on more, A, it's illegal for them not to, to compensate you. You will get compensated, whether you're... Especially if you're hourly. They have to do it. Now, the ones that are at risk is salary because they can say, sure. well, you're salary. Of course. So you, you work until the job's done. And I'm salary at my new job. Okay. So I work overtime all the time and I get paid the exact same amount. Yeah. 
I, I so what I, I do know. is a lot of times, not always, but if I work a 60 hour week, I won't cut 20 hours the next week, but I'll cut four or five hours off. I'll be like, you know what? If I want to take an extended lunch, I'm taking it because my boss isn't going to say anything because she knows I've worked 60 hours. So there, there's always balances to everything and most companies allow it, but they have to compensate you. No, and that's the thing that's not brought up. The, the issue with crunch time is it's simply a bunch of people, this is what I'm getting at, that are on the internet, that don't do these jobs, that don't, know, don't even have a clue how business is ran. And if you don't believe me, go talk to some of these people. Go, go talk to them. All the ones that are woke and they're all for equality across the board for everything. They don't know what they're talking about about anything. But they don't know what's going on. And all they're doing is making an emotional, the one that feels good, response. And that's all most of the people do in gaming. Most of their job titles have the word influencer in it, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Politics, like that. anything like that, they'll simply say, that's just not fair. It's not I mean, right. it could stop. Mental health. Blah, 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 it blah. It could stem blah, from blah, blah. a personal experience. Like, like if you worked retail, for example, like, I mean, you get treated like garbage basically almost every single day so i'm wondering if it's you know you're saying emotional yes but like if if you're feeling that in your own life then maybe you're kind of like no that's bs that that's happening to that person like i don't know maybe it's just also feeling that anger but that's what you sign up for like you signed up for your job and if it gets really tough you can't you can whine and complain about it but you signed up for it. Now you could say it's unfair. Well, yeah, okay, it's unfair. Go somewhere else. Like you still have power. They don't own you. You make an agreement with them. That's what I'm saying. These people that are working for Cyber on the Cyberpunk game and all these other games, they're getting hired and agreeing. It's the same thing with sports. You see it all the time where, where a player, let's say a rookie comes in, drafted fourth round, comes in, gets paid, a million a year because he's fourth, fifth round draft pick. But he ends up being a superstar. Mm. Like he starts putting up numbers of a first rounder. What is the very first thing that a player does? Oh, I want to renegotiate my contract. And everybody's like, nope. Because we'll he already we'll signed. We'll talk about it later. Because yeah. you already agreed to it. I'm sorry that you don't like it. I mean, then you can, you can start playing less. You can do that. But I'll tell you why you don't want to do that. Because you're paying, you're playing for your next payday. It's the same thing with your job. You're performing for your next payday. So whenever I take on more or somebody takes on more at Cy- for Cyberpunk game, it's the job of the boss to see that and the employee to bring it to their attention. And then when it comes to pay raises and all that stuff, yeah, you know what? You went above and beyond. We're going to not only compensate you, but we're looking at maybe even moving you up in the company, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're not doing that? I'm moving on. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's personal responsibility. You make an agreement, they've made an agreement, and then you move on from that. To be fair, though, the analogy of baseball player to say someone in retail, huge difference in pay there, so... You know, I'll, I'll sit there on the bench yeah. being fi- whatever 15th and, and, and get paid a million bucks a year. I don't even care, so... But, <laughs> yeah, 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 but you're, again, you're only, you're only focusing on pay... How, how money makes the world go round, a, Derek. Money I makes understand the world that, go but how hard is it to get a real t- retail job compared to oh, being a professional well, sports sure, player? Of course. Like, it, there's different levels there. That's my point. Like, 
the job I do is not the easiest job in the world. It's not the hardest. Mm. Well, like, same with mine. There's plenty of people yeah. that can do it. But, like, you couldn't just hire somebody off the street. Right. In retail, you can literally hire anybody off the street and be like, hey, do you agree to this? It's 40 hours a week. You get paid 12 hours an hour. This is your job. This is your role. Hey, by the way, when it comes to November, December, it's going to be hell. Uh, so that means you're going to be doing more, but you don't get paid more. That's that's just how it works. Sure. Like. Well, I do think there are examples of where it goes to the extreme. And I do like the idea of the light being shown on those situations. Um, <laughs> this, I don't feel guy. like... I know he he <laughs> said his piece and now he's over here snuggling. He's Quit spooning snuggling with, his with cat. your pussy. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> cat. Um, cat. That that cat is stinking adorable though. Nice. Um, but I will say this: I, I don't think what we've heard from the CD Project Red case, and I did read about it because I'm a big fan of theirs. I love the Witcher games. Mm-hmm. I'm really ex- pumped for this game, and I wanted to find out like, are they really another one of these companies that is mistreating employees? I didn't get that vibe. It it felt more well, to me like. What what was described was and what was talked about was everyone is being asked to uh, not double up, but to double down, I guess, you know, give that extra whatever percentage and and just help us push this thing to the finish line. And everyone in the company is being asked to do this. Yeah, they said they were going to get a bigger bonus. bonus. Yeah, they're going to get a decent. But what I'm saying is when I heard that, that's what they're being asked. Oh, that's not a big deal. And then when I read, oh, there there actually is compensation involved here. That's when I kind of threw my hands up and I was like, "What's the big deal then? Like this is it's not a big deal. It's not Jason not Schreier, only is this part trash. of not only is this part of your job, it's also something you're getting rewarded for. So I don't understand. Well, I, I think this one I don't understand why it's a big deal. It's kind of like the Aziz Ansari oh, date that yeah, went yeah. wrong where he was accused of stuff, and I'm like, this wasn't a big deal. But there are big deals that happen where yes. those accusations for you know from what a company how a company Steve. treats its employees. That's a problem, and it needs to be fixed. So I'm not saying it never happens, and it shouldn't be, you know, exposed and and fixed. Of course, it happens, and that well, shouldn't. I know, happen. but in this case, was I a know bad Derek has sworn revenge because of the vicious circle that we just described, and he hates Trier, and he needs revenge on Trier. But there have been <laughs> articles where, like, you know, and uh, I mean, it could be all fake. Who knows? Who really actually knows? But where there's been, you know, anonymous people that you know they interview and ask them like are these things happening and those people do say yes so it's like it's tricky because it's like if those are legit then yeah then some of these companies are doing kind of not so nice things but then you know yep. there's always going to be that perhaps cynical or you know tinfoil hat you know is there a conspiracy here is this all bs like is this actually as bad as it is the other thing is there's never been a safer time to work at a place because everything gets a lot like there's no dark corners really left anymore. It's really hard to hide bad behavior, bad practices, especially if you're at a big company. It's just it's almost impossible to hide anymore. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, this is one of the safest and best times to work almost anywhere. Not anywhere. There's still some garbage places, I'm sure. But most places you can call them out and you can you can win that fight by exposing it. So anyway, uh, I digress. The one thing that jumped out at me too is not just about you know Jason Schreier and whoever else might want to shine a light on things and spin it with their opinion, their take on it. It's not just facts and here's what's happening. It's here's my take and if you don't agree, I'll block you on Twitter. <laughs> um, but um, there's other things too that have come to light recently. Like someone, I can't remember if it was Kotaku or Polygon, you know, whatever. One of the someone ones. who's someone who is way more 
woke than I am by like so much more awake than I am. You're basically asleep. I am totally asleep asleep. right now, but they wrote an article about how the wording in describing a character in the new Assassin's Creed game. And they talked about someone's burn scars on their face Mm. and they, they described it as they're disfigured. That was one of the ways they described that character. Okay. Their face is disfigured by these burned scars, blah, 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 blah. The article, and I didn't read the whole thing, but I read enough of it to see, like, what are they upset about? It's the terminology. And the terminology they're using is considered ableist, which means you're basically bigoted against people who are disabled. And you're using <laughs> terminology that is offensive to them. I'm not what? kidding. This was real. Ubisoft responded to it apologize for it and promise to change it. And wait, saying, patch. saying disfigured is able. I think it was the term disfigured. I, I it was a couple of weeks ago. I read this, but so I could be wrong. Is but, this like how you're not supposed um, to say yeah. midget? Like that's the same. It's the same <laughs> lady that I posted about that. She, she's the one that made that complaint. Ubisoft responded. And then she responded to the, all the trolls saying, you think I'm, you, you, you're upset about this. Wait until I destroy I want to say cyberpunk. Hmm. So she was going to... Or Hitman, maybe. It was something. But she was basically saying, like, uh, everybody in the bigger groups that protect all woke people were, like, mad at me because I was like, she's ridiculous, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And her whole attitude's ridiculous. Like, she was joking. I'm like, really? Yeah, that totally looks like a joke tweet. Well, all the people were being mean. So now it's justified... Because they're being mean that she can then talk about how she's going to destroy. Oh, it was to destroy all the fragile white men. So she attacked yeah. white men. That was the right. issue I had because that's that's an easy target. They're allowed to do that whenever they want. Nobody bats an eye. But if they if she was to say I'm going after all the fragile black women, it's a not that's that's a non-issue. So no, only fragile things. white men are upset about the term uh, disfigure. <laughs> like I don't even yeah. understand. <laughs> I mean, most of the comments that would come through and the tweet responses that came through, to be fair, did appear to be from white dudes sure. who were Normally like, "This is, is ridiculous. This is so stupid." You see, this uh, is, but it's not only them. If you look, yeah, if you look through it, there were females who commented on it, or at least people on Twitter who look like they're probably Dude, female. People of other races that are like white men than people realize. There's so many women that are like, "This is dumb." Like all these, even yeah. women's rights, on like, there's people whine about everything. People are getting tired of whiners. I mean, because, like, everything is, like, so it's, like, everybody wants, like, all these freedoms and rights and everything to just be chill, but then, like, every they need to describe everything as, like, groups. What mm-hmm. is it? It Was it, like, tribalism mentality? Like, everything mm-hmm. is just groups, yeah. so it's, like, you're just doing the thing that you're saying you're against because you're, like, but our group needs right. to have things like this. It's, like, why can't we all just be people? It's just It's just people, and then we're all just cool to each other you know just respectful and understanding and it's like just leave me alone well and that was the counter argument on the example that tim just brought up and that is we i think collectively think it's kind of now you're going borderline ridiculous with your request of what needs to be changed yeah but ubisoft's way of handling it and this was the counter argument by all the woke people and beyond is they're like why can't we just be empathetic? Look at how Ubisoft responded. It's not a big deal. They're changing it. But they don't realize the bigger picture is, yeah, that's a small thing. They can change it. But you think that group of woke people is just going to stop? No. You think they're just going to stop on one thing? You don't think they're going to keep it's Dude, it's the, same thing with, it's the same thing with parenting. 
there's a reason you don't give your kid the treat they're screaming for in the grocery right. store when they're throwing the big fit. Right. Because what's going to happen next time you're in the grocery store? Snowball effect. You have to give them that and probably something yeah. else. It's the same thing with people who whine about social justice online. It's the same thing. There are times when it's a legitimate request and yeah, you know what? That is pretty garbage. We should change that. That exists and that should be changed. Most of this is just whining. And I, I'm going to get my attention, my 15 minutes of fame, and I know it's going to make a lot of people mad, but then I can yell at the white man about this. That's usually how it goes. And it's worth it to them to go ahead and complain about something that really isn't that important. And then Ubisoft, in my opinion, did what a lot of parents might do to that loud, obnoxious kid in the store yeah. <laughs> just to keep him quiet. And they don't want the trouble. You know, Things are going well for them right now. This, just give them the thing to keep them quiet. That's what they did. And the problem is that sets up a precedent yeah. for what, what already, comes next. It's already set. Oh, yeah. No, it, it has completely it set. It has been. So I don't think it's a big deal to change the text either. No. It's easy adjustment. They can roll that out. No problem. And I think that's true. That is an easy path. And I've been that way myself. I'm like, you know what? I don't want the trouble. I'm just going <laughs> to... That's you know, how you handle whatever. me, Tim. That's <laughs> exactly he's, how he's I handle He's on his damn roll <laughs> again. Let's just, uh, let's just give him this pacifier. But... Pat the problem there is that Talk about they open the door for Derek others. <laughs> they open they open the door for others to to complain about similarly small things that aren't that big of a deal, and really co- they're allowing themselves to be controlled. Is what's happening. Yeah. So you start to lose little bits of control here and there, and so I find that to be an, a major issue. I think that's why I find I am more drawn to, to kind of edgy stand up. No, not to Trump at all, but <laughs> to, to more edgy stand up comedy than ever before. That's why I love guys like oh, Gilbert yeah. or Dave Chappelle, um, even guys like Joe Rogan, who I know a lot of people don't like. But I like these guys because they'll say exactly what they're thinking. They'll call out garbage on both sides of almost every issue. Yeah. I find them to be entertaining and funny, but they're honest. Oh, yeah. And I love that. I find it to be so refreshing. And if someone's like, you should apologize for this. Like, no, no I'm not going to apologize for that. Why would I apologize? I was right. Yeah. And I love that. I think there needs to be more of that. And I they wish... weren't right, like, why can't we celebrate our differences? Like, we all yeah, I, I wish about, Ubisoft like, could have been like, celebrate. hey, we apologize. That's not, it wasn't written to offend. And, like, I wish there had been a way for them to respond and not do anything differently or to just ignore it. I wish they were allowed to just ignore it because that's the, the thing you they enable, created. Right? And if it offends, well, yeah, and if, you, and if it offends you. <laughs> yeah, don't, enable don't enable that kind of whining. And if it offends people, they can choose not to, you know, um, support them with their money. They don't have to buy the game. And they can write all the opinion pieces they want about how we should all boycott Ubisoft because they're ableist. But because we're in such a sensitive time where everyone wants to jump on the newest bandwagon of, of who's not being sensitive enough, I see Ubisoft is just worried about that. They want to stay in the good graces of everybody. And every company does this, right? Through all the month of June, they have rainbow everything. Through all the month of whatever the thing is that's being celebrated, they have to be at the forefront of celebrating it. And part of me goes, oh, that's interesting. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you see everyone doing it, every company, like Cheez-Its is celebrating Pride Month. Why? Like Those are the things that make me, just, my mind just Because when they melts. don't I, do I just don't it, understand then all it. those people that get angry that say this person's enabling this whatever then they're gonna attack that group and then articles start getting written and then and then things I, start trending on twitter it's like oh cheese it's a racist it's like what i read an article <laughs> yeah. that chris pratt was attacked in oh yeah yeah, yeah. he votes for trump but right. if you actually read the article mm-hmm. they have no proof 
They're just saying, well, he doesn't like speak out like uh, yeah. Chris Evans and or whoever those idiots' names are. All the libtars. He doesn't speak out like they do. So, so he no, doesn't stand up for everything they do. So it's there was like, no actual confirmation that he voted Trump. No. Right. No, so. he's never, ever said that he likes Trump. He's never said anything. And I'll tell you this right now. Somebody like Chris Pratt is probably more like a Matthew McConaughey where he thinks lip, libtard bullcrap is what I just said, bullcrap. But I don't think he cares to, like, get into it. Like, sure. I think he would rather just be like, I wouldn't be surprised if he does support Trump. But he doesn't care to get into it. He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna respond to it. Yet, I feel like he came out and confirmed, no, that I don't support Donald Trump. But on the other hand, does it really matter? Like, can't we all love no, each other? No, like- he got attacked for attending a church that the pastor doesn't support gay marriage, mm, and that is what he responded to because he's like, oh, okay, okay, I go to that's the right. church, but that doesn't mean I agree with. Well, he also said, first of all, that's not true. If you knew our pastor and the leadership yeah. and the things happen in this church, that's not true. Everyone is welcome mm-hmm. here. But also, just because I attend somewhere doesn't mean that I agree with every single thing that's ever said and done. That's the problem with what we live in. The culture we live in is if you're not saying exactly what they want you to say, they use the internet to kill you. That's what they're trying to do. It's It's the the teams that Dan was talking about, like the be part of these tribes. Yeah, tribalism. And if you adhere adhere to one tenet that a tribe has, they now assign you to every tenet that tribe holds to. Even if you're like, no, I don't believe that. I just think this thing. It's like like the example example I mentioned that I was saying before we started recording. So like Animal Crossing had an update recently, um, and they added some more hairstyles, uh, predominantly uh, African-American hairstyles, uh, female hairstyles, because they already had some before. Um, and there are Facebook groups, Animal Crossing Facebook groups, um, hmm. that people go on to sort of, uh, you know, they want to visit each other's islands or if somebody... It's all eight-year-old girls, right? That's that's what the group I mean, oh maybe. I mean, the I, eight-year-old girls should be on Facebook. How else can you make but... underage friends? <laughs> um, but anyways... <laughs> Might oh use that for my dating sites. Okay. Oh, right. stop. I'll send you Please, the link. Continue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, so there were oh. literally in some groups, white women asking like permission almost essentially of, of any uh, black people in the group if they can use those hairstyles. And like they were legitimately being told by some of them, no, you can't. Be- wait, wait, wait. Just to be clear. They wanted to know, can I use the hairstyle on my Animal Crossing character? Or I want to put that on myself. I mean, I don't think that's a big deal either, but specifically... I don't either, but I'm just wondering. They were literally asking for their video game cartoon animal character. Why are they asking? That's what I want. Because they don't want to offend. Because the second... So, like, this is, like, a thing recently. I've noticed... I've seen articles... I've seen articles where there's, like, there's, like, this actual history, like, within the culture of African-American culture of, like, certain hairstyles. Um, and like white people will do certain types of braids or something. And it's like, it traces back to like this thing. And it's like, then you're racist because you're doing that type of hair. Like apparently hair style, certain hairstyles are exclusive to certain races, ethnicities, et cetera. And it's like, it's freaking hair they originated like, in certain sure. cultures for sure. But it's hair. Yep. Like, and if you like the yep. way, it, if you like the way it looks, you're like, I like how this looks. I want to do this style. Why does that matter? How is that translating? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Like, I don't any know. black girl that has straight, beautiful hair, it's fake. And <laughs> that's not black. Sure. So that's them taking from white people. 
I mean, it's... You know, that's why I really do love that Bill Burr bit where he talks about Brian Cranston's movie that came out, I think it was two oh, years yeah, ago or so, three para- years ago. Uh, paraplegic? Or... He, he plays a quadriplegic, quadriplegic where he literally can't... He's in a wheelchair, yeah. he can't move. I think it's him and... Is it Kevin yeah, Hart? Yeah, Kevin I think, Hart. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Bill Burr's take on that, because people were legitimately upset, yep, yep. and he caught wind of the, of the outcry about yep. this, and they were like, why is an able-bodied person <laughs> playing oh a quadriplegic? <laughs> and he's like, it's called acting, you idiots. <laughs> like, if you see someone get shot in a movie, are you mad that person's not really dead? Like, but I saw him in a movie again later. Like, <laughs> it's called acting. Uh, That's the whole point. So this is the same thing with, with I, I, in my yeah. opinion, with video games. You tell a story, you use a description, maybe even, like when I was playing through, um, um, uh, Mafia 3, you play as an African-American character mm-hmm. and some really racist stuff is said to you by characters in the game. Mm-hmm. Should that be removed because it's offensive now and we shouldn't talk like that now? Or is that a portrayal of what happened then? The same thing with like a World War II movie. Do we have to pretend like Holocaust didn't happen? I mean, this Because it's offensive and horrible to us there's now. Just so many th- so there's so I, many examples of that. I mean, like even like I with know. them tearing down all the sort of... Um, uh, what was it all the Confederate like statues in the South? Like the you know after um, uh, Jesus, why can't I think of his name right now? I feel like a jerk. Um, I, I can't breathe. You're a jerk. I can't breathe. Why can't I think of his name? What are you no. talking about? I missed it. The individual that the cop was had had his knee on his throat. I can't think of his name right now. Oh, George Floyd. Um, Thank you, Jesus, George Floyd. George Floyd. Yeah. Um, and then just you know, once the rioting and all that all that started, you know, they, they were tearing down all the Confederate statues and just all that. And it's like, I I get the like you know what those statues mean, but also it's like then I kind of see the argument of like, but shouldn't they kind of be there so we have that re- visual visual representation of like the bad things that did happen. So we make sure we don't repeat those things. It's like, yeah, but yeah, I, get... I mean, at least with those, at least with those, what you're, what you're saying, I get the other side, at least with those, yeah. I understand there, there could be a pit of the stomach feeling. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you're not a white person looking at those. Yes. And so I, I, I can understand some of that, maybe even all of it. There's an argument at least to be made. Um, the problem is, and I think it's been talked about a lot by different commentators and comedians, like whether it's the Me Too movement, wherever it is, when you open that floodgate, Mm -hmm. you're going to get a lot of legitimate things that need to be addressed. Yes, absolutely. They're legitimate. And you're going to get even more, exponentially more, completely garbage. (laughs) No one should be talking about this. This is a non-issue thing. You're going to get tons of those. It's a combination of reasons, too. Some people are legitimately upset about it, but they're probably one of three people in the whole Mm -hmm. world who are upset about it. Or they're not really upset about it, but boy, are they putting on a show because it gets them attention mm. and it gets them woke points or whatever it is they're trying to earn in our culture points. these days. So I think that happens a lot. I think that happens with the video game industry as well. We're seeing it with this interaction with Ubisoft, and I think it happens elsewhere too. Like other people are turning, they turn the CD Projekt Red work crunch thing into a political issue. Sure. Like, well, if you're if you're woke enough, then you're on the side of the workers. How dare you think it's okay for a company to say, mm-hmm. "All right, everyone, we got to get it together and and pull this thing out by this uh, by this due date, by this deadline." I, I don't think that's a political issue. I think that's a personal take on whether or not you think it's okay for your boss, your your leadership, to give you instructions. And and, and I think it is okay. And, and there's more. And um, again, if you're being compensated, I think that definitely, you know, being yeah, compensated and, and if your boss is like kind of just being a good just a general good person you know they're not being a monster they're like yeah get to war you know like they're just like yeah you're getting paid extra like let's work let's get together guys like let's be a team you know then 
like if I hired someone and I made it clear to them, like, hey, we're going to hit, like I, I've worked for a lot of nonprofits mm-hmm. and we hit certain times of the year. This is one of them actually, where fundraising camp, like these fundraising year end campaigns are everything. Like we, this is where, so, is that a cat? Are they doing something back there? What? No, Kit Kat, the one I was holding, she talks to me. Did the, did a male get in the house? Okay. Um, Kit Kat, that was, uh, that's my previous cat, RIP. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, if, if I got to that crunch time that I already knew and my, my team knew, this is where we need to really double down and be willing to give that extra whatever it is. Mm. And we come on the other side of that, and I realized that, yeah, they didn't really give anything extra. They were like, yep, sorry, I worked my 40 hours, and then I'm done. I'm not going to be very likely to want to help them move up to the next thing or you know, suggest that someone else rehire them because I'm starting to notice, like, hey, this is just a 9 to 5, and then they want to clock out ASAP for them. So to me, there's also some, like, I value putting in good work myself. So if I'm on the CD Projekt Red team, Maybe these couple months have been tough on me and my family for time and stuff like that, but this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do, and I want to do excellent work for the people that hired me. So I guess that's just the way I look at it. Again, I, I think if there's some specific instance where people are being mistreated, of course that's not okay, but I don't think that's what's happening. I think there's a happy um, medium, and I think it's a combination of a lot of things that can come together, and, and, and it's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're just if yeah. you're just not treating a person like a person, then that's crossing a line. So I wanna I wanna end it on this, and because this is a point that's never ever made. Whenever jobs are discussed, it's always about compensation, about money, because everybody has this attitude, or most people have this attitude that you only work for money. And while yes. I get it. We all have to pay bills. That is the primary reason we need those funds. We also work because our jobs give us purpose. They help give us purpose. If you just literally live in like a campsite with your family and do nothing, then you have no purpose. Your family cannot provide for you on its own. Like my point is, is that jobs give you purpose and they actually help with your mental health. Most people that struggle with high anxiety, depression, all that stuff, they've lost purpose. So again, I know I'm going real deep with this, but the point is, is that it's not always just about compensation. Like we need jobs, jobs need us, we need jobs. And if people are so worried about mental health, it's because they have the wrong outlook on what a job can do for their life. Yes, you may not like the job you're in, we're not going to always be in a season in our life where we're like, you know what? I love working here. But that's part of what makes us stronger is when you face things that you don't like, face things that are difficult, and yet you still fight through it and you still do it. And those are the things that make you stronger mentally. So I hear a lot of people talking about, well, we're worried about mental health, but yet they don't even understand where a strong mental health comes from. They're not disciplined in their own life. They're just whiners. I'll tell you right now, whining does not equate to mental health. It does not strengthen your mental health in any way. Well, and to add on to that, not an absence of stress does not automatically equal good mental health either. No. Stress, stress is something that we actually need to encounter so we learn how to handle it and deal with it. That's part of what Again, yeah, strengthens this is, us. It's like flexing it's all a muscle. In that, it's all in that balance of 
Yes, but that's still hoping that you don't have actual evil people yeah. driving your say, head in a way that's there's unfair. Outside forces that alter that and ebb and flow, Absolutely. you know, those things and so on and so forth. So, because right. if it was just completely there's a human element, yeah, there. If, the, if it was yeah. completely under your control and, and you could prevent, you could block all that nonsense, then you'd be fine pretty much most of the time, right? right? Unless it's like a literal chemical imbalance, but you know. But yeah, yeah. So. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Interesting. No, this is good. I, I enjoyed this conversation. And next week, uh, normally next week is when we would start diving into some of our game of the year stuff, maybe putting out a thing for people to vote. We're pushing that back a whole month into January. So I'm opening it up to whether it's you, the listeners, or also you, Dan and Derek. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of weeks coming up where we can tackle whatever topics you want. If there's games you want to deep dive into, I kind of want to do another tournament here or there where we go back through the best games of 2012 2013 that'd be kind of fun to revisit those years um but then yeah january is when we're really going to hit the game of the year stuff pretty hard that's when we'll go into we'll, we'll have community voting and then we'll do our debate shows then too but mm. for for right now just keep on playing whatever you're playing i guess shout out to bill uh, burr also just just because yeah. bill burr is awesome <laughs> he is one of if my you like com- if yeah. you like watching stand-up comedy watch bill burr and also listen to his yeah. podcast well his or like if you like hearing him um, actually have conversations with someone instead of just himself <laughs> internal monologuing because he's yeah what's the one he has with his well, friend? Bill and Bert podcast Bill and Bert um, that's right yeah, Bert, yeah, Bert, Bert has pressure. quite the laugh so that might not be for everyone but yeah <laughs> yep alright well cool well thank you guys for staying up late I know it's getting late where you are and uh, thank you all for listening happy Thanksgiving talk to you next time <laughs> <laughs>